Okay, so what is it we're talking about? We are talking about romance tropes. Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. Okay, so welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. (laughs) Yay! Today we are talking about romance tropes because it's February and, and we like talking about romance in February and we just like romance. romance. <laughs> and we've had a couple other episodes where we've talked about different aspects of the romance genre, but we thought it would be fun today to talk a little more specifically about different tropes that we like in the romance genre or see commonly in the romance genre. That's hard to say, romance genre. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> A little tongue twister for you there. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing, I could be wrong. We haven't talked about this, but I'm guessing that Laura came prepared with a list. I came prepared with ones I love in okay. a list. Um, there you go. I there are definitely, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely ones I don't love that I left out. And I think in terms of trope, we can just say that a trope is basically a pattern that we see commonly. Um that it could be anything from the setup of different characters to like little elements of a story. So, okay, so let's go. Tell me, <laughs> just tell me your favorites. I really like fake dating, and I didn't realize this like from the beginning, but someone called out that Hunger Games actually is a it's another. Um, I would not Instagram. have considered that a yeah. fake dating trope, but you're right. It totally is. <laughs> and we will post the Instagram account that brought this up because they do it in a very amusing way. But I like situations in which characters have to build intimacy yes. in unique ways. And I think fake dating can be really fun in that you can't avoid getting to know the other person like when you're pretending to date them. Yeah. And so it's just is a really fun and humorous usually because there's always like some weird thing that they have to do as a (laughs) fake couple that you're like oh that's awkward that's I'm I'm here for it I totally agree that is definitely (laughs) one on my list as well I actually in 2021 kind of purposely tried to read lots of fake dating tropes because there's a little bit of a fake um, relationship in one of my whips right now but I find it so fun. It is, you're right, that it's kind of that like forced proximity, which I think yes. goes along with uh, some of my other favorite tropes, which are like only one room or only one bed. Yes, or, absolutely. <laughs> um, or, or even like in uh, Dance of Thieves, she has them chained together for like a period of time. They literally are like shackled together. That. And you you literally can't get away from each other. And so it forces this like, okay, we've got to figure out how to do things together. We've got to get to know each other. And, and I think there is something really wonderful about that because you get to see that relationship develop. It also kind of plays with this idea of assumptions often, or like um, yes. it, it often will partner with the enemies to lovers or something similar to that, or strangers you know, to lovers kind of thing. Yeah. I think something I like about it is that when you're forced into proximity with someone or into working together in some partnership with someone or something like that, 
then you have this opportunity to see good in them that you might not have noticed otherwise. And it kind of plays with this idea that no matter what our assumptions about someone else are, everybody has something that we can relate to them, you know, like um, some way that we can relate to them, some way that we're similar. And when we are forced into proximity, we often notice those similarities. Sometimes we can notice those differences too, and those can cause interesting conflict and (laughs) problems and awkwardness in in the books. But but you also have this opportunity to see like, oh, this person is actually beautiful and they have something in them that I really love or that I can really relate to or things like that. Absolutely. And it's also like the, so it's that proximity. It's that getting over those natural assumptions. It's being stuck in a situation with someone that you probably wouldn't have normally chosen to be in that situation. All of that is fantastic. And add in the angst of wondering what is real and what is not yes and it's just this deliciousness like I love those type of stories where there is some question in the minds of one character maybe both characters of what is actually occurring do they feel the same way as me do they you know are they experiencing this in the same way and when there's that disconnect you have a lot of kind of stop and go and kind of checking yourself and yes. sending them the wrong message and then then seeing it and being like oh I, I need to keep my distance <laughs> and that's a boundary um and that's kind of the the heart of enjoying a romantic comedy where mm-hmm. you're going back and forth with them and you're like oh get there <laughs> yeah. yeah it builds suspense in the reader because yes. like, just as the main character is asking these questions of what's real and what isn't and what do I feel and what do they feel and all of that like the reader is too and and I think that pulls you into a story I actually have several that I've really enjoyed recently um I did end up reading the love hypothesis which was really fun and it did that in a very interesting way and the wedding date um yes. by jasmine galori um, which i really enjoyed as well like it's one of those that when it's done well in a way that kind of keeps the engine of the story going and moving forward so that yeah. it's not kind of just about that when you actually get into the heart of who the human beings are and yeah them starting to connect on a deeper level than just the superficial like it can be really satisfying I totally agree (laughs) okay what's your next trope yes (laughs) friends to lovers I really enjoy like I just I like the friends to lovers as often as enemies to lovers and maybe that's just because I'm like what I gravitate towards, but I really like the idea of friends to lovers, but I just don't see it as often. And I don't see it done well as often, maybe if that makes sense. And so the one I'm thinking of is actually, um, Emma. (laughs) Ah, Yeah, that's a great example. I love Mr. Knightley and Mm. I love the newest Emma movie, especially takes the story and takes it in an even, I think, deeper and more satisfying Mm-hmm. kind of exploration of their going from being super close yeah. but in this kind of big brother <laughs> type, yeah. type of dynamic to making it like reasonable that they would be passionately in love with each other by the end and yeah I, I think they explore that in a really fun way um would like to meet I think starts out in that place mm-hmm. yes of, like, that's a good friendship. example too mm-hmm. um I like the not that every friendship has to end in, in sure. love. Like the, I don't believe that, that you can't have friends 
you know, of the opposite gender. And that, you know, I think that's silly, but I think it could grow into something. And I like seeing it when it's done in a way that doesn't feel like all of a sudden it's too fast um, or that it's not realistic that all of a sudden you just wake up and you're like, oh, that's um, I, I like seeing it though. Also when someone has held back, like we will be talking later about the opposite of always. And even though it's just one element of a very uh-huh. complicated and good story, I like how they show that being possible and how they show that being possible and possibly the other person picking up on it. I just think it brings some interesting drama to it because then sometimes they have to make choices. Is it worth it? You know, mm-hmm. is it worth kind of changing the dynamic of the friendship? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. And the stakes can be so high because you're not, yeah. you're not just like, do I want to get together with this person? It's do I want to potentially lose yes. a friendship for it? Um, yeah. It's, totally it's maybe not as common, but I think it's one that's fun. I would love to see more of it for sure. Yeah, I think it's, too. yeah, but I do think it's a little tricky to do well because you just have to walk that line of having the progression make sense and be yes. um, at the right pace and all of that. Yeah. yeah. And, and for it to be clear, because yes. it's easy to go from an extreme, it's harder to go from nuance, yes. Like yes. a much for more sure. nuanced yes. change over time. Yes. Um, and then of course the next one is friends to lovers, which, or, sorry, enemies, enemies to, lovers, to lovers, which I just, I love a good enemies to lovers. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me happy, but especially it's when it's done well, I mean, that is another one that can be done like too fast or too, um, something aggressively or without enough actual development and because I think there's an assumption that because they hate each other there must be sexual attention and then they just yeah. once they realize it then they're gonna go crazy and those ones are the ones that I don't enjoy as much I yeah. really like when there's some build to it and some discovering of each other when it isn't just like my hatred of you is a mask for sexual attention right. that is instead like <laughs> we have some real differences and we need to work through those yeah I mean I think Dance of Thieves is a great example of that yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of really good examples of that, but when it's, yes. when it's done poorly, it can frustrate me when it's done really well. I love it. I'm yes. like so for this trope. <laughs> we hunt the flame, I think is yes. what, like one of mine that I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm here for that all day long. Yes. And it allows all of those feelings to really be explored. And even like putting them in situations where they can truly like hurt the other person yeah if they chose to and giving them reasonable ways that their hand is kind of held back so that you kind of believe that it isn't just this quick thing and she does such a great job of having them literally like stripped their humanity is stripped down in front of each other like they have their most vulnerable moments with one another and I I think all of that made it just really yes potent I think when they finally start to like really see each other yeah yeah Yeah. I love when there's a good like vulnerable moment or like sharing a vulnerable past or present or whatever that really connects the characters together. I think um, both Rachel and Solomon's books um, that I've read, at least the, 
I mean, she has more than this, but the X talk and um, today, tonight, tomorrow, I think are also like great examples of that progression. And you see, I mean, the X talk also has fake relationship, which yes. is great. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a little bit of a like, and uh, both of those aren't like extreme enemies. Like I want to kill you, but they're like, we don't like each other. Yeah. Um, and we have some reasons for not liking each other. And in like today, tonight, tomorrow, there's a little bit of a like competitiveness to that dynamic and which is really interesting and seeing the ways those things slowly change over time. I think she does a really great job of slowly stripping back some of those assumptions about each other, as well as slowly building like, oh, we actually have this in common. And, oh, that is actually something I really relate to, or, oh, this is a vulnerable moment that we can share. I love it. I love it, <laughs> I love it so much. I mean, and even from like one of the first ones, you know, Pride and Prejudice, uh, yeah. Bennett, Dark great City. example. I love how delicious that (laughs) opening up of that is and just how delightful it is to watch her hate him. Like, yes, it really is quite fun. And, and I think that's important too. Like you Mm -hmm. have to like all the dynamics of that, that relationship to kind of really enjoy the story. And I think seeing someone gleefully, like, completely even without checking themselves and really getting in touch with oh maybe I'm being unfair to them maybe it's some, sometimes it's nice to see someone being bad and like, yes. just not having any introspection mm-hmm. um and that that makes that one one of the most delightful to me yeah, I <laughs> totally agree sometimes with that you get such great banter too and just such mm-hmm. great like fun back and forth when characters just snap at each other <laughs> the witty banter that's kind of fencing like mm, they, yes. there's something that's said basically when two characters fence usually it means that they're gonna fall in love like that <laughs> is like a story truth tends to be mm-hmm. um and it's just verbal fencing like yeah. seeing them give as good as they get and that going back and forth I recently read the hating game which was really fun in terms of one of them realizes a dynamic of their back and forth a little better than the other one, but there's uh-huh. so much like one-upping and like yes. having to get your own back. Like, and it, one, it's kind of juvenile, but it's kind of like that fun. Enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it makes me think of Beatrice and um, oh, Benedict yes. in like Much Ado About Nothing. Absolutely. And watching them spar, like, they don't lose it. And I love that about much do about nothing. They, you know, maybe like you could say that the end, there could be some things that could be interpreted a certain way that her character has changed, but for the most part, they don't water her down. Like they keep her still there, still in that back and forth. I love that element of at the end that it's like a trick gets them to admit their feelings that they're still like they are willing to like on this hill where they like go back and forth with Mm -hmm. their witty dialogue being like well I heard that you were about to die so there's something delicious about that about Mm -hmm. that um even that uncensored quality about their being able to show up, be a hundred percent themselves and mm. kind of, there is kind of that acceptance in, yeah. in much to do about nothing. Lots of people at points chide Beatrice for how she is. And yeah. I think that she 
the fact that she gets to keep who she is is important. Yes, totally. <laughs> you already mentioned close proximity, but we have to go back into yeah, it because it's close. <laughs> like forced close proximity. So the wedding date has them forced into a elevator that yes, is shut down so together. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about being in a moment where you are really at your most human and mm-hmm. not able to get away and mm-hmm. being with someone else who like has to witness you doing whatever it is that I think also builds that intimacy. I think it's, for me, it's far more interesting than people who are just attracted to each other, like seeing people who are stuck in a place and who are just like, well, we there can be miserable and like quiet here, or we can just start Well, and seeing how there's so much character development that can happen in that too. Like seeing how both characters respond to being trapped or stuck or in a situation that they can't get out of can be so interesting. It it makes me think of Six of Crows, um, Matias and uh, why am I blanking on her name? Yes, I I can see her (laughs) in my head. Yes. Um, But when they're stuck, like they're they're traipsing through this ice, you know, they keep ending up in these like shacks, they're freezing to death, like they're just trapped there and having to stay warm together. And how are they going to solve this um, problem and get out of it? Definitely forced proximity, definitely like life or death, like what are you going to do now? (laughs) And and again, an enemies to lovers. Yeah. Well, but it makes, it also makes you reevaluate all of your misconceptions about that character and I love that one specifically because they are just completely stripped yeah and they're it's survival and it it makes it feel it doesn't feel cliche at all it makes it feel really natural and it makes you get what they end up seeing in each other as they develop that even though it has to be fairly quick that they build that intimacy like you get it (laughs) yeah well they have such strong identities normally and all those identities you're exactly right they're stripped away and so now they're just two humans like trying to survive and they get down to this core of like who they are really at the heart of them yes and that's where they find that connection it's nina i just looked yes yes nina yes Yes. thank you (laughs) really kind of if we look at it you know, Kaz and Inez, um, mm-hmm. even though it's not necessarily fo- forced proximity in the same way, like they're forced to work together, though, yeah. to, to partner together. Yeah. Especially to survive. And I think you could say that it's friends to lovers, but probably not. Like it's more like it's a little neutral, like, very nuanced people know. that have to rely on one another that then it develops into something like it feels even like deeper than what a a normal love would be because of that connection to like we need each other in order to get through another day type of thing yeah um which I love (laughs) so opposites attract um which we've talked about kind of the elements of how they feel about each other but Mm -hmm. I love the when there are definite differences you know Nina and Matthias is a great example Mm -hmm. of they are very different not just in their world views which they are yeah but also like the way that they are like naturally like he's very staid he's very like 
he's not naturally very demonstrative which makes it really fun because Nina is like I'm going to be like loving on everyone and giving them hugs and like she is just so delightfully open with her affection Mm -hmm. and that makes it really fun from the dynamic of okay they have to find some common ground some compromise of how they're going to find the you know central area of their opposites how are they gonna find a balance as a couple which I'm absolutely here for (laughs) any of of that where it's like they each force each other out of their comfort zones and so you kind of get this interesting uh, it creates a lot of interesting conflict and can create a lot a lot of interesting conflict to watch but also can lead to a lot of character growth I think absolutely and in connection with that like specifically I love grumpy and like (laughs) snarky personalities with sunny ones like it just brings up so much banter so much opportunity I think them to have changes on each other like how they view something um I thought of uprooted as I was kind of going through that I think the love hypothesis does that a little bit too where it's these characters who are just in very different frames of mind Uh um, where one is just like sour in some (laughs) ways and it's like you know always sees the maybe not the positive side always like is the realist um it's fun to see that dynamic at play because then they if there's a problem they both relate to it differently yeah which yeah it's, it's always fun to see someone who's really sunny and joyful kind of like having that interesting um maybe even influence on someone who mm. doesn't see it that way yeah <laughs> misunderstandings and comedies of error those can frustrate me sometimes <laughs> like a little hit or miss on that drum, I think it depends on if it feels realistic like, uh-huh. to me if it feels like it's a natural miss mm. I will accept it more than that it feels like the author is pulling the strings and trying to find ways to keep them separate sure it happens uh, definitely yeah. like and you see particularly misunder like misunderstandings that could be solved by simple communication yes those kind of frustrate me because I'm like you just need to talk to each other right <laughs> um and it feels like the author doesn't let them talk like is avoiding having them talk just to keep the conflict going and that can kind of bother yes. me sometimes absolutely I think though like when it's a miss of timing or mm, a miss yeah. of an assumption is made yeah. that is inaccurate, but the assumption makes a lot of sense. Yeah, would those like, can be great. Would like to meet, I think, mm-hmm. did a pretty decent job of, of that towards like this end point. Mm-hmm. There's something that happens that feels like it naturally puts something in the way. And it, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like a wave of the hand. Like it feels like a natural bump and again I think it has to be that um actually sense and sensibility does that um Uh I just thought of at the end with Eleanor and Mm -hmm. Edward she thinks that he's married to someone else Mm -hmm. and there's like this whole conversation where there's like 
how is Mrs. Ferris? And he's like, um, my mom's cool. Um, and they're like, no, you're right. And, he, and he's like, oh, it's my brother. And that, I think, yeah, I absolutely love that scene because it's so powerful when he all of a sudden sets the record straight. And it allows for a really good all hope is lost moment that mm. feels really real. Yes. Um, and then like the solution is just fantastic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Lastly, um, I think we had talked about this before. Supportive friends, like mm. like friends that are the are quirky actually, best friend is definitely yes. a trope in romance novels that you see a lot, and I love it. <laughs> yes. I do too. When it's done well and it uh-huh. feels like the character has a life outside of the story mm, yes. world like if it feels like the person only exists within the, you're like this is weird um but when they feel like they are well-rounded and have yeah. a life in there I think they add so much one of my favorites um, that I read recently was um it was Christina Lauren the soulmate equation there is a great best friend that I just loved she just made me happy she was just funny and quirky and pushed things along sometimes in the right direction and yeah. was great <laughs> well and when the character almost sees more clearly than anyone else in the story you could really get in the corner of that friend and be like yeah. yes you are the same <laughs> one here there's a movie, um, 27 Dresses, that I, I really like a lot. And the good friend is, one, she's a delightful mess who also just tells it all very much like it is. So I totally believe her. I'm like, you, you I want to hang out with and like go have drinks, talk about life and just, I, I mean, the actress is also very fantastic, but it's, it is one of those situations in which I believe like I believe her life is going and spinning Mm. and she's coming in and saying like you need to do this like you need to get this going Uh, I I, she's a voice of reason and I Mm. I love that yeah do you have any that you are not here for or that have to be done well or that it's it's kind of well I was just gonna miss (laughs) I was just going to ask you what your thoughts are on the love at first sight, because that is another, or the soulmate kind of trope, because those are very common in romance novels. And it's definitely one that like, (laughs) here's my confession. I want to hate it, but I kind of love it sometimes, not always, but sometimes (laughs) I can totally get swept up in it and be like, yeah, I'm here for it. Especially if there's like a reason. So like in, in fantasy or paranormal, you'll, you'll often see like some, magic reason that they like yeah know that they're soulmates or I don't know you know like I think if it's done well I can get behind it like I I really like I can get behind most romances like if if it's me too (laughs) something that I can connect with the connection like yeah and if I don't hate it like and I don't even other than like when it's just physical attraction, yes. soul maintenance, that's hard for me. Like that's hard I agree for me to that. get behind. Yeah. Um, but when there is like a deeper connection, when it's like on a soul level where you can totally see like there's 
I think it's the Magnolia Sword where they talk about like seeing each other in another life that Uh they, you know, were talking about that. And like that, I'm like, oh, I'm here for that. Like I'm really (laughs) here for that type of, you can feel it, it resonates, it feels real. I think it's when it's just on the surface, I worry that it's not based on it. Yeah, And I worry that it's not based on any type of reality. Well, yeah, because I don't know about you, but I've seen people and been like, ooh, that person is, you know, like my life experience suggests (laughs) that it's a little dangerous. So sometimes I potentially am turned off to that. I totally agree. And I I feel like that's the, like my rational side is like, this is a dangerous thing. I don't like this. But then my like emotional side is like, yeah, okay, let's go. I don't know. It's one of those tropes, like I said, that I like want to hate, but I, I do. I like it sometimes. (laughs) And that's the thing is like any, any trope, like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't love the love triangle necessarily, um, especially when it's drawn out. See, I can like it. I can enjoy a love triangle because it adds a lot of suspense. There are good love triangles out there. Like it when it's thrown in and it's thrown in just as a complicated. Yeah. That's when I'm not here for it. Like, yeah, I'm here for Hunger Games. I'm even here for Twilight. Like, I'm I'm like, I'm okay with that. Like, and so I think it's recognizing, you know, one, not every trope is for everyone. Not every iteration of the trope is for everyone. And yeah. it's funny because sometimes I might say, oh, I'm not like, I don't like that one. And then all of a sudden you pick up a book and you're like, okay, I lied. Like, yeah. I'm a liar. <laughs> like a total liar. Um, I think that's what's great about romance. There's so many different ways to play with elements that, yeah, yes. maybe they've been done. Mm-hmm. And maybe they even feel like they've been done too much. You can always make it your own and you can always make it interesting, fun, and really, you know, addictive even, which I think there is kind of that level of watching two people connect. Like you get to kind of feel those happy feelings yourself. So it kind of like, yay. It's, it's nice how, you know, with the genre that that is kind of a like wonderful, like on top of reading a nice story, you also kind of get to feel those lovey feelings. Yeah, it's an endorphin hit. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's funny because like I was going to talk about and I am about to talk about it. So like <laughs> consent tends to be important to me. I agree Sex positive totally. tends to be important to me. And people who aren't manipulative or abusive, yes. those are things that are important to me. But sometimes like there are elements that might step a toe into those that I'm like, under the circumstances, I can sit with that or understand the set of circumstances. Uh I don't like it to go like for me, I feel like in reality, those things are very cut and dry. Like, (laughs) But in fiction, like there are elements of that, that this is fiction. It's not reality. I'm not reading something that's actually happened so I can suspend that disbelief and be okay sitting with it um and I think recognizing that that there's some things that may be a total turnoff to someone like just 
might, you know, if you're writing one, like it's probably good to just be aware. Um, But it doesn't mean that it's prescriptive, that you have to do it a certain way or you have to stay clear of this because it's something that's been done. Well, I mean, tropes are tools, right? Like, so you can choose to use them or not use them and you can use them in lots of different ways. Um, So I think it's good to be aware of them and to be aware of how they can be used, how they've been used before and how you might be able to twist them to to fit your needs, the needs of your story or the way you're wanting from it. Absolutely. Are there any specific romance novels? I know I've mentioned a good few. I was, are there any ones that you're like, this one took me by surprise and I didn't expect to like it? Um, um, well, one that comes to mind. Yeah. I recently read um, Alice in Zombieland. Which, oh. <laughs> which just like, I picked it up solely because the cover made me like giggle like I just it's, like, it's a great cover like, Alice in Zombieland like yeah. okay yep I'm here for it Alice in Wonderland meets zombies sure mm-hmm. um <laughs> and I went in kind of like not expecting anything all that great but I did really enjoy it and it it was one that had a, a little bit of a love at first sight meant to be together kind of trope in there that worked for me like I, I don't know I just I think it worked mainly because they set it up with some um, you know, the, the world building and magic system sort of set up for this to, to work, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, but it was just a totally quirky, fun, paranormal romance that I enjoyed. It surprised me. Like, I, love that. I enjoyed it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others that surprised me recently. I, I love everything I've read by Christina Lauren lately. Like those have just been spot on. So many of them have had some elements of enemies to lovers, some element of fake dating or you know like the the unhoneymooners has fake dating um some element of close proximity is sometimes in there but all of theirs have been so like the couples are really there's good communication and still good conflict if that makes sense I really don't know how they always get that but I love it (laughs) I love that and I'm here for that (laughs) I think one that took me by surprise um the both the movie and the book warm bodies which is right. like romeo and juliet but with zombies yes um, we're on a zombie gang. let's go for it hey that's so i also like pride and prejudice and zombies so yeah wait pride um, and prejudice and zombies is watch this... it if you've not like that's actually the title <laughs> yes absolutely oh, okay i need to find this one <laughs> watch it do yourself a favor okay. um, <laughs> but so warm bodies is also um includes zombies and one of your characters is a zombie named r and the other one is named julie and she's a human it is delightful like it is this weird i can't imagine how that would work but yeah okay (laughs) it is it's delightful and it's you know if if you see them as on the opposite side of of this conflict it's enemies to lovers it's also Uh love at first sight Uh and but it's interesting how it's love at first sight because it actually awakens the zombie to feeling again like uh-huh and i i'm absolutely here for it so it's one of my favorites and then nice. i think we we're talking about sherry thomas the other day um and yes she has a historical fiction romance that's called not quite a husband and it's basically two people who it's not a comedy of errors because it's really quite tragic like 
the things that separate them out she holds mm. a lot of that back mm. so that you get to like who two people are and get to see them in the present while yeah. she goes back to what happened and I think we've talked about this before but the way you bring out information is so yes. important yes especially to the likability of a character yeah. and it's one of those where a character does something that's really hard to take and you understand then what happened like the, the breach but you also get his perspective um so it's it it was actually one of those where the communication was bungled really badly but you got personality wise why um mm. and so that one was fascinating to me too yeah that makes me think another one that I, I had kind of forgotten about that I read recently um a romance novel that surprised me I'll have to put it in the show notes I guess because I can't remember the name of it but it definitely like it was a historical romance definitely one of those like covers that I was a little embarrassed because yes. I'm like I'm curious whatever I'm gonna try it out yeah. <laughs> no judgment but it was interesting because it had it definitely like bordered on some consent things that made me a little uncomfortable yeah it had a character that the author needed this character to be horrible if that makes sense yeah and so she made him horrible and he he was kind of horrible and yet something that she did that was fascinating to me was that she included these letters that he and the main female character had written to each other as children. Mm. And so you had this like glimpse of what their relationship had been. And you got this sense of what it could have been if things had turned out differently for him. And if like he made some mistakes that ended up, you know, kind of ruining his life and ruining him a little bit and breaking him a little bit. And so then he forces her into, into marriage basically but she's still in love with him. She's always been in love with him. If you just like asked, it's kind of sad. It's like horrifying. Um, yes. She would have said yes, but, but he's like horrible and it doesn't. And, but you kind of, because she set up this information beforehand and you got this glimpse of what they had been and what the main female character had hoped they would be. It's like, you get this little bit of understanding for him and you get sort of this little bit of hope that, well, maybe he can, be redeemed or something yeah. it's totally I think that's another romance trope actually that you see a lot is like yes. can the female character redeem the, yes. the moral rogue? it's not my favorite yeah. I tend to avoid it actually but it it can sometimes yeah. work um and that that was a book that definitely like surprised me it wasn't a favorite but it was interesting it, I think I learned something from how the author set that up it taught me something about like inter the ways you can introduce information about a character and soften the reader towards a, maybe a character that they wouldn't actually like. Um, absolutely. And I think, you know, as we look at characters like that, mm-hmm. again, ones that are morally gray um, yeah. towards Starkle and like the darker side of that, yes. like it, it's figuring out where I think you feel comfortable with and where yeah. you're like, no, that's too far for me. I, yeah, I just, can't like even yeah. from a I think you know it's interesting like even in Star Wars and what people felt about Kylo Ren and kind of Ray there's a lot of interesting things about people just having to unpack emotional things yes. about how they feel about redemption in general redemption for love is it is it you know like is it selfless yes. is it like like are they you know there's a lot of things there where I kind of tend to be, I would prefer that they just redeem themselves and like, yes. but 
there could be ones where they do successfully get you on the side of that character. Um, yeah, I was just thinking of an example, and now I'm drawing a blank on this one too. Okay, I read a book recently that was a romance novel that I thought did this really well because the main the main male character was he wasn't horrible, but he definitely like had he'd had some pain in his backstory, and he yeah. kind of decided to you know, he, he drank a lot. He, he was a rock star basically. So yeah, he lives the rock star lifestyle yeah. <laughs> and you have this innocent, like girl go on tour with him as his opening act. And you get the, like, I, I kept expecting like, Oh, okay. It's going to be one of those, like, she's going to try to redeem him. And it's going to be this like redemption for love kind of trope. But the author did a great job because I think what she did really well is that she showed that these characters definitely influenced each other. Yes. And and this female character definitely influenced the male character and kind of sparked some growth or change in him, but she wasn't the growth or change. Does that make sense? Yes, and he, absolutely. they, she, the, the author actually separated them for a bit. And the main male character had to do a lot of growth and change on his own, which I loved because that felt realistic. Like we, our yes. relationships do influence us and we do change because of those relationships or, I mean, not, I don't mean that in a bad way, but like we oh, no, meet yeah. people and learn th- things through them that we didn't know. And they, you know, bring out a different side of us and all those things. And yet real change doesn't happen just for another person. It can't like you have to do that work yourself. And so I thought it was a great example of that kind of trope being done well. I, oh, you'd be mine. That's what it was. You'd be mm-hmm. mine by Aaron uh, Han. I love the element of that that I love is like that people are broken. Like, yeah. <laughs> we, like we are um, imperfect, broken. We have our baggage yeah. and I'm absolutely here for like that mm-hmm. and change and us doing the work, like the person doing the work. Like I'm absolutely here for that. And I think yeah. having interesting, complicated characters that have to do some work on themselves is more interesting than ones that come like ready made that the only conflict is literally when they'll figure out the timing to get together um okay we have mentioned a lot of books and a lot of jokes so we probably should cut ourselves off here (laughs) thank you for joining us today we would love to hear about your favorite romance tropes we'll be um hanging out on instagram and talking about this stuff more there so you can find us there and share what your favorites are Uh, And yeah, we hope you keep reading, keep reading lots of different things and keep writing and keep putting your work out into the world. 